The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The most important thing about your business could be how your products are packaged. Packaging is the signature that you leave everywhere, and it speaks volumes about who you are and what you do. This is Ditch the Box with David Marinek. In today's show, we'll talk about marketing, increased sales, and how it relates to product packaging. Have you explored alternatives like flexible packaging? You should. It can save your company a bundle. Now, here is David Marinek. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Ditch the Box, the marketing slash flexible retail packaging slash how to build your brand radio show. I'm David Marinak, your host. As you know, our show is about marketing and flexible retail packaging with a few other related topics in between, such as how to build your brand, dealing with major retailers, and even supply chain. Today's guest is Jerry Chizik. Over his distinguished career, Jerry has dedicated himself to the food business. Yes, there have been some detours along the way with Max Factor and Fabergé, but most of it has involved food. There was his time with Canada Bread Company, Fiera Foods, Handy Foods, as well as his newest venture, Amazing Grains. One thing you can be sure after hearing from Jerry, he's passionate about all he does. Nothing has left the chance, and we're excited to hear from him today. Jerry Chizik, welcome to the show, my friend. Well, thank you very much for having me. Uh, could be an interesting discussion. I hope I can be of assistance to people. You absolutely will, and I'm looking forward to learning about you. And and then we're going to kind of segue into some of your career your career choices or, or stops, I should say. And then we'll kind of dig into some amazing grain stuff, which I know you're really passionate and excited about too. So you got it. Let's start to learn a little bit more about Jerry. Um, back in the early days, Canadian kid, I mean, did you always want to be in the business world or were there dreams of the NHL or some other passion that you were interested in back in those early days? Well, before that, I was in a band and we had a contract offer and it was to tour the U.S. and uh, it was a decision between doing that and getting educated. So we picked the education. Not That's sure which, whether it was the right <laughs> right move or not. <laughs> tell us about the tell us about the band. What was what was all about? What was that it, about? It was the rhythm and blues. We were a house band in a in a uh, an area in Toronto called Yorkville, where a lot of yep. some of the other big bands came from. And uh, so we cut a, a we cut a cut a tape, sent it around to recording studios, and had three contract offers. And uh, uh, then the big decision came. So I elected to finish. Uh, I was in electronics uh, and and became an electronic technologist of all of all things, which brought in education. Uh, but when it came time to to get it, you know, to get, go to work, it was: Do I work at IBM, who offered me a job? Do I work at Honeywell, um, CIL Paints and Pneumatic Systems? And everything was so segmented, it was looking like I went into an office at IBM. Am I going to do this for the rest of my life? <laughs> 
So, Jerry, you reached that proverbial kind of uh, wall, if you will, back back in the early days of trying to figure out whether this is something you want to do for the rest of your life. I mean, you were contemplating IBM, you were contemplating some world and some some other uh, some other uh, whether it's electronics or some other paths. But here's my question: um, What was it that kind of you know pushed you over the over the the edge and said, you know what, I'm I really want to kind of get creative. I want to do something different than than just the the everyday punch the time clock, if you will. Variety is the spice of life. <laughs> and to focus on one thing, I just couldn't see myself doing it. Yeah, um, that's Innovation. So true. I think that's the key word. I love to explore, learn, and innovate. And I think I've been that way since I was a young guy, you know, writing songs, you know, piano teacher at age 13. Wow. So, you know, you know it's... I, it's- it's interesting. We've you were the second. No, I'm sorry. You're the third guest we've had on this show, and I want to get back to the piano teaching and then the music side of things because I think it's interesting. The third guest we had a guy that was just uh, Farmer Gene. He is a popcorn farmer of all of all things, and he actually was in a band that opened for REO Speedwagon back in the '80s. Um, I mean, it was crazy. And now I'm getting a little bit of rhythm and blues from my buddy Jerry. And yeah. I mean, you know, was music a part of your family back in those days? Uh, not my whole family. I started young, and then it evolved into playing into, you know, started off as folk bands and then into, into R&B, and uh, I loved it, and uh, it was fun chasing the girls or having the girls chase you in those days. <laughs> exactly. Isn't that why all guys join bands or become part of bands, right? Well, I also happen to like the music a lot better than the classical Yes, I hear you. I hear you. So take us back to those early days with Fabergé, Max Factor. What what got you involved in those particular industries? Was it more of like like I I faced a you know a decision back in the early days of just we have to start somewhere, uh, or was there really an interest in that in that kind of Max Factor Fabergé industries at that time? Not at all. This is, <laughs> you'll find this interesting. While I was out looking for the electronics job that I might have found and wanted. I went to work at Fabergé in the shipping department. They saw I had a brain, moved me into inventory control, became inventory control manager, put me in expediting and purchasing. Then I became a purchasing agent and probably one of the first starting to import from Asian markets and others. And then from there, they saw I was developing things and buying things that were actually growing the business. Then the, the VP sales marketing at the time says, Jerry, we want you to be corporate product manager. And I said, I don't know anything about marketing. <laughs> I actually took, I, took a, I took a course and actually became a registered purchasing agent. I don't know I'll many buyers done. that are these days. Anyways, um, the uh, I, all right, I'll learn. They, they wanted me doing it. I spent about a year at it and kept doing what I was doing and learned a little bit about marketing, started reading books, you know, Peter Drucker and the like, sure. management. And uh, uh, lo and behold, I get a call from a company called Walpole Pharmaceuticals. We're in analgesics, vitamins, laxatives, a couple of other things. And I wasn't looking for a job, and they said, what did it take the movie? I said, 50% more money. Guy calls me back, you got an interview, you're going to New York to be, uh, to be screened by the Dean of Psychology of Harvard. <laughs> so really? I went, I went down there, and I came back, and they, don't give, they didn't give you the scores in those days, but I got the job. 
And uh, I spent three and a half years there. I was getting bored, though. Pharmaceuticals is a slow-paced business. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and my old boss at Fabergé became president of Max Factor Canada. You got to come here. Made me an offer I couldn't refuse. I went to Max Factor Canada. And then I got involved in a little bit of other markets, and I think I did a pretty good job for them. At least uh, I, I helped them do a lot of growth and recognition and, and a bunch of new products while, while we were at it, which we had the latitude to do within reason. Sure. And uh, there was a lot of change going on corporately, you know, uh, corporate office, and I didn't like where it was all going, so I started looking, and I got the job as a marketing manager at uh, what was then called Corporate Foods, uh, now called Canada Bread, now uh-huh. called Bimbo Bakeries Canada, Canada I guess. Um, and six months after I was there, they turned over um, a frozen line of uh, pie shells, tart shells, puff pastry, et cetera, et cetera, called Gainsborough Kitchens. And they did a reasonable job with that with only two people. And then uh, a couple of years later, I became VP Sales and Marketing. And then by the time I left there, well, I became, I became Senior VP. Uh, there was there was almost a scenario where it could have gone into president, but too boring a job for me. At, can, and, at Canada, at Canada Bread. Yeah, well, okay. anywhere. It just being right. the president, talking to shareholders, and looking at Got the it. numbers. It's not right. my cup of tea. Right. I, I, I can look at the numbers as good as any, but but it's not my cup of tea to do that all day. I like the chase and the win. The yeah, and there's, it's definitely not for everybody, that's for sure. Let's stick yeah. with Canada Bread for a quick second. I sure. want to make sure before we kind of jump onto some other stuff like Cambridge Fine Foods and some others. Yep. But but the Canada Bread in particular, um, what was it that kind of, you know, you, you, there was a pretty big segue. So there was, so you, you, you we kind of left the, ma- I don't want to say mainstream, but you left the kind of, um, you know, the, the, the non-food world, if you will, and kind of got into Canada Bread. I mean, this is a big outfit. That was $450 million in sales. Um, you know, there's, there's a pretty big responsibility as being their director of marketing and then ending up as their VP of sales and marketing. It's a, it's a pretty big thing. <laughs> Let me give you the real numbers. When I started there, it was $90 million in sales and an Ontario-based business only. Wow. Um, as I told you, I was innovative, and I started looking to add on products. Right. And we started looking at making acquisitions, either in whole or in part, uh, one of the one of the early ones was Doe Delight, and there was then I I looked at other categories, and one of them was pasta, and we got into Olivieri. It was a million and a half in sales, and two years later it was fifty million in sales. Wow. Um, by the time I well the Doe Delight we bought it out, and I wanted to get away from the corporate office, and the Doe Delight offices were close to home, so I went in there to to run that, and uh, we grew that, and. Uh, still keep relationships with the old owners. And uh, by the time I left, the business was around a billion. No so From kidding. 90 million to a billion is quite a bit. Was that something that at that time you were tasked with, you know, hey, you know, Jerry, we got to go out there and build this thing? Or was that something that just kind of evolved? No, I mean, to it, go from 90 million to, you know, a billion is just drastic. Yeah, but it, there, there were lots of lots of things that were put into place. There was a couple of acquisitions um, similar. You know, out west there was a bakery called McGavin's, 
right. that was a natural to bring in, and then and then eastern bakeries in the Atlantic provinces, and then uh, at the end of the day, Multimark in Quebec. So it became a national bakery. Um, there was not a, there wasn't a strong value added brand proposition when I took the Dempsters. It was two little rye breads, almost doing no volume, and made it a national brand. Uh, came out this is many years ago now, and, and nutritious and delicious, and did value added, you know, healthier products, and it, it took off. And I killed uh, an old mature brand, Toastmaster, that uh, uh, was getting squeezed by private labels, secondary labels, and and you know the small guys going in trying to grab volume on price. So it, it really helped the company long term, and I even had a, an additional plan, but I left, so they never did it. But it was to actually come out with the Canada Bread brand for Canada. There was a lot of U.S. business, and I had been doing business with most U.S. retailers and a lot of the food service operators, uh, particularly on the frozen side. And uh, the business, just by market expansion, diversification, and just keep adding on innovation and, and following trends, or actually leading trends if you can, then your business is going to grow. So, and, and, and it's about developing a team. If you don't have the team that's all motivated be, be with you and behind you, it isn't going to happen. And that's where the fault of a lot of companies are. Yeah, and, and, and mostly, just for clarification, these companies that you guys were gobbling up and that you were, you were instrumental in kind of helping grow, um, that was all Canada? Nothing was based and nothing was in the U.S. at the time, strictly Canada? Not in the U.S. in the early stages, only towards the end uh, when Maple Leaf Foods got involved. Yep. Uh, there was a couple of U.S. acquisitions, one plant construction. Um, and I really can't talk a lot, a lot about where all of that is now because I'm not I'm not totally in touch with sure. it. Sure, but still, at the you know, it was it's so interesting. I mean, how that that thing has just rapidly grown. That's crazy. Well, there's lots of businesses that, that can grow and grow rapidly if you got the if you, if you've got what the consumer wants, whether sure. the consumer is an end user or a retailer or a or a food service or uh, you know restaurateur, whatever have you. Um, if you got what they want and what they need, you'll grow. And, and this is what you have to be. Stay ahead of the market. If you're not there, you're going to get gobbled up and you're going to sell on price. Yeah, exactly. And, and, of course, as we all know, selling on price leads you down a long, narrow, dark road. You got it. Well, tell us about Cambridge Fine Foods. Now, where did they, you know, who were they and, and you know, what did you do for them uh, after your time at Canada Bread? Well, uh, I was actually at the next company, which was Bockerhaus Weit, uh, German family-owned business, and artisan breads. And yep. we developed, we worked uh, on an artisan, what was called an ABQA, Artisan Quality Bakers Alliance, and trying to bring real artisan breads to you know the North American market. And there was some good growth and good success. But while I was there, uh, friend, another friend in another bakery had a line on this company called Cambridge Fine Foods, which was a further processed meat company. We did things like uh, meat pies, burritos, uh, and a variety of products like that, uh, quiche, you name it. And sure. the business wasn't doing well because the owners didn't know how to do anything with it. And uh, 
So while I'm at, and again, I wasn't an, I wasn't an overly active partner, but I was still a part one-third partner. We, we grew the business, turned it around. We got all of the HASA programs, all the licensing all cleaned up, started growing the business. And then uh, um, a large meat packer called Better Beef, which has since been acquired, uh, they were over a billion in sales, wanted to get into the further process, and they bought out the shares. Oh, so away I went. Then I focused oh, yeah. for <laughs> focused for another more two more years at Bocker House, and I could only take them so far so fast because the, although artisan breads were growing, it wasn't growing at a hyper pace. Right. And the company right. company needed to keep going with the new products that would fit the mass market. I could tell you a couple of cute stories, but but um, it, it was it was a learning curve for them as well as, uh, you know, how to go to the, the, the North American market with what products. Great. So, Great. so I stayed there, I think it was there eight and a half years. Um, and then uh, I was getting a little, you know, excited. I needed to do something more active. And then uh, Fiera Foods comes along, and I had known the owners. They tried to get me to work there once before. Hey, Jerry, real quick, before we kind of go into that, I want to take a quick break. We've got a few seconds here because I want to spend some more time with Fiera Foods. Uh, well, folks, we're talking with Jerry Chiswick, Vice President, General Manager of Handy Foods, as well as a new venture he's going to share with us. Stick, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tired of lackluster results with your marketing? Craving more leads in your business? Tune in to the Mojo Marketing Edge with the team behind Mojo Global Marketing, Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez. Winners of the Marketer of the Year, they will show you how to generate daily leads, build databases of raving fans, and close deals faster than ever before. See what's hot right now and how you can tap into it to generate an endless supply of customers and clients. The Mojo Marketing Edge can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to the Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You 
are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. If you would like more information about our program, send David an email to david at standuppouches.net. That's david at standuppouches.net. Now back to Ditch the Box. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Ditch the Box, talking with my friend Jerry Chizik, Vice President and General Manager of Handy Foods, as well as Amazing Grains and some other cool things coming down the pipe. But we were talking about um, Jerry's career path, and he was just telling us about Fiera Foods. Jerry, you were a Vice President of Sales and Marketing back then as we were kind of coming up to modern days. So kind of get us back to those days with Fiera Foods. All right, I joined there. Uh, it was a young, well, relatively young, dynamic growing company. They were into uh, uh, a lot of pastry products, croissants, Danish and the like, uh, baked, frozen dough, uh, had entered into some of the bread business, uh, frozen bread, par-baked, um, and, and got into a number of different varieties. Um, the company is a, a, a partnered with with rich products and one of the first tasks was to not break away from rich but work with rich on getting our own direct sales uh, across north america at least to start with and uh going through some product rationalization and also innovation of where where can we take this company what can we do to be different so we developed a lot of new things. Uh, the owner of the company, uh, I used to go into his office all the time, and uh, he always used to say to me, Jerry, you know everybody. Your job, <laughs> you go on the plane, fly, spend money, bring back the leads. <laughs> and yeah, if that's one way to do it. laugh because it's true. <laughs> Actually, now, was this, was this rich products that were based in Buffalo? That's correct. They're 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 done. a partner. I can't talk more than the fact that they're a partner with with Fiera, um, and it's a good relationship between the two companies. They're they're both actually very good good companies, and I have a lot of respect for the people at uh, at Rich Products in Buffalo. Great organization. And you know, it's interesting because a lot of the you know the things that I hear this recurring theme as you're talking and. You you are so personable and you are so easy to re- to approach, um, and and that's something that kind of just you could just feel it when when I'm talking to you. Um, so even back in those days, you know, tell us a little bit about you know you're jumping on a plane or you're going to trade shows. What kind of marketing were you doing back in those days for Fiera? Um, and and, and kind of because I want to kind of get into a little bit about you know how how marketing then has changed from the way marketing is now. Does that make sense? Uh, it does. Uh, I did have a marketing person report to me, uh, quite a good one. Uh, sadly, he just passed away earlier this week at 51 years old. Wow. Um, but she had worked in retail and in in, um, in manufacturing, and we actually got along quite well. Um, it, it's really about you know two major statements. What business are we in, and how are we going to grow and take it to market? Right. And this is the question that many companies, whether it's a corporation or an entrepreneur, does, almost doesn't matter. They have a difficult time answering those two questions. So, I mean, if you just read the magazines that come out in the industry, whichever industry you're in, it really doesn't matter. The trends are there. It, it's always a question of who's first to market. What are you going to do to be, to be a leader, to, to set the example, to, to, to give customers something they want as sure. opposed to trying to sell same old. 
So you can take any product and modify it into a modern version. I mean, many of the things on the shelf today is is same old in a new way. Yep. You know, you take a look at a loaf of bread or or uh, a cottage cheese. You're going to see differences coming in, in, in all of these products as they evolve. You know, 60% of the North American bread business used to be white bread. Now it's down, and I'm not up to date on the current percentage, but uh, my guess is that around... You know, if, if you add whole wheat to multigrain, probably about 40, 40, 42%, something in that area. Wow. All on its own. That excludes rye breads and raisin breads and all the other kinds of breads, artisan breads. So it, the market is shifting. And if you read the newspapers and you go on Facebook or anywhere else, you'll see, you look at the latest trend. It was interesting. I actually went on Facebook last night. And now the latest buzz is bananas. You've got to be careful on eating them. I just I, I posted the link to the article. Very interesting. So is popcorn, butter popcorn good for you? Right. Okay. How much are we right. eating these days? It's a trend. Yep. You're All right. right. So everybody jumped on the popcorn trend. What's going to happen next? If you have the answer to that, then you're going to be a leader. And you had mentioned something I think is really interesting. I'm going to stay with that for a second because this has kind of come up throughout your career. And even where you're at right now, we're going to get into a little bit later on Amazing Grains. But you said something about how can you or what can you do to be different. And and that's something that's so important, especially to whatever company it may be. Um, you know, like you're talking about bread or grains or whatever. You know, if you can be different and separate yourself from the rest of the pack, um, pretty soon, uh, you're able to charge a premium. You're able to position yourself as being different, and ultimately, that brings larger profits. Well, there's a, and I don't know much about them, but I see lots of articles these days on this Bob's Bob's bread. Yes, uh, they're growing. They're growing very nicely, and you know, good for them. They they're going down the right track with the kind of breads they're they're going out with. How many of them are following that, or how many else? Who else is leading it? You got a bunch of a few major corporations that, you know, they're going to have to follow him. And and again, at the end of the day, they're doing something, um, and we're not quite sure exactly. Like you mentioned, we're not quite sure what that is. Um, however, you know, I, I wonder if it's if it's something new and radical, or just a repackaging, if you will, of of the tried and true, same old stuff. Well, it, it, it's 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 looking at the ingredients and making them sound uh, for the type of product. I mean, every product has its own differentiated ingredients, right? But right. they're looking at the nutritional aspect, and there's a big trend today, and almost in any age group, but particularly the millennials, all about health and nutrition. They're watching yep. what they eat more, and, and yep. if you if you read all the articles on you know what's in every food, you're you're going to become more and more skeptical. Uh, organic foods are growing rapidly. I just saw right. another article on that. Uh, why? Because people are starting to understand that there's treatments for non, for for non-organic. Uh, they don't know which. And there's not very good communication unless you actually go in and delve in and find out for yourself. You can read an ingredient list. Uh, I won't mention any product names, but, you know, if it's got a long, long ingredient list on it and you start reading it and they sound like a lot of chemicals, well, that's what they are. 
You're you're exactly right, and it's one of those things that kind of you're, it's so so top of mind for a lot of us uh, in the industry that sees these labels, and these labels are becoming goodness gracious, Jerry. They're like dictionaries. Exactly. Um, you know, there's 900. You know, there's it's it's like 900 different ingredients in there for something that it's granola. Um, but you, but no, when you look closer, it's granola and about 42 other types of chemicals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy. Not, not necessarily are all of them bad. Correct, but, right. But there are some that are going to be questionable or potentially not so good for you. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the old, our mothers and grandmothers always said, eat everything in moderation. Yeah. And if you get too much of any particular ingredient that you're not familiar with, that could have an effect. Without question. So in the second half of this segment, I want to make sure that we kind of touch base on what you're doing currently sure. uh, as general manager of Handy Foods. Um, tell it, Vice President General Manager, I should say, of Handy Foods. Who are Handy Foods and what is it that you do there? All right. When I started here seven years ago, it was a pita bread manufacturer and distributed the pita bread in the Ontario, Canada marketplace on 30 routes. Uh, was the major player. Had some okay products, newer version, but really wasn't overly innovative with pita products. Um, and had started, just started doing pita puffs and pita chips. Mm-hmm. And uh, that part of the business was growing, but it wasn't growing fast enough. So we got into, we took a look at what can we get into, make it a little bit different. So we got into the pita chips and pita puffs and pita crackers and uh, the business took off on us we had one 24 inch line then rapidly went to two then went to a 48 inch high speed line we now have uh, three high speed 48 inch lines and just expanded the plant to put two more lines in so the business growing, and we're in, again, innovation. We've got some new concepts. Uh, one of them, I've, <laughs> I was in the plant six and a half years ago, and I just took a pile of bakery products in there and stood at the end of the line and started putting things through the double-bake process, and I've, I've came up with well, two winners, one spectacular winner that ever that the world is waiting for, and I mean the world. And I can't get it done fast enough, but it's going to be a major, major hit. And I can't tell a whole lot more at this stage, but it's, it's an exciting new product that, uh, that should hit around just before year end. I'll be doing it. And, and when you say double-baked, it's, it's like you're, you're saying. I mean, you're literally running it through an oven once and then turning it around and running it through again, right? Yeah, what, what you do is you bake the product first, and then you put it through drying ovens that will add a little bit of color, but take out the moisture, because most snack foods, there's moisture in them, even a right. potato chip, if, if you will. You've got to eliminate the moisture to get the shelf life where the product will go soft or moldy, right? Right. So you've got to bring the you got to bring the moisture levels way down, um, and so the product will hold up. And uh, so that's why you need the double process. You you could do it in theory in the single, but it's not as efficient as a dual because you're using regular ovens. Uh, they're not small ovens, mind you, sure. but regular ovens, baking ovens, and then you're going through drying, special drying convection ovens that you know just finish it off and get all that moisture out of there. And the key with that is is obviously the basis or the or the or the foundation uh, of the product itself is the pita bread. Um, Not at all. You guys are so good at no. Okay. Not in all of them. 
Okay. We'll even bring in, we're very effective at converting product. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't pay. Remember I, we talked earlier about, about uh, uh, certain products that it's just a price competitive thing. Yes, sometimes correct. it's cheap to buy it it's, it's, and even cheaper than, than putting the equipment in, amortizing the cost, and running it yourself. So a couple of products, we have a friendly baker across the street that makes things we don't make. We buy product from him, comes right across the street in a truck, properly protected. Yep. Um, and we put it through the process. And I know, I know three companies. I've taken one company, and not a small company, through one of our facilities, had them sign a non-disclosure. And uh, they're doing quite a bit of business on a crisps, like a bread crisp. Sure, right. And, yeah. and we took them through the plant, and they were blown away because they're they're making the bread, then 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 doing it in roll-in ovens, like like you would see in a supermarket, and seasoning it. And the way we do it is a total straight through from beginning to end, very efficient, no hands touching, uh, all controlled. We've got a, a BRC A rating actually in the plant that does that. It's an A plus, which is as good as you're going to get as far oh, yeah. as safety and, and health protection. So it's it's high speed, and we can pack it into what's called form fill seal, like a potato chip yep, bag, sure, right. or or resealable bags. And there's a couple formats of that where it's got a gusset on the bottom, slightly different filling equipment, and then it's all automatic and out the door in truckloads. And do you do that private label for different companies, or is that something all under your name? We do both. We do a little bit okay. of co-pack. Uh, yep. We do private label for a number of retailers couple of big ones, yeah. a few big ones actually, and uh, we do have our own brand, but with the new stuff, and again, it's it's all about the evolution of a company, at what stage you're at, how far you can go, and you've got to be able to reach all your customers. We're, we're now at that point where we can reach pretty well all of the North American retailers. We're about to explore food service operators because what we're doing would be very innovative for some of the food service chains instead of doing the conventional yes. and give them a point of difference that Correct. fits with their food values. That's right. That's not happening now. I mean, when, when you go into a when you go into a restaurant chain and they have one of these combo deals, right. what do you get? You get you get the, the 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 entree, if you will. You get a bag of potato chips and you get a, a soft drink. That's it. Change it. Yeah, exactly. Make it something that fits with your menu. So tell us a little bit more as we wrap up this this segment in particular. Stay with that for a second if you could. Mm-hmm. How are you uh, looking to market these products and um, get the word out to change those kind of things? Instead of chips, change it to your products. You know, How do you go about doing that besides you know, uh, trade shows and such? That's the easy part. Why is it easy? I'm I'm getting to be an old guy. That's why we're going to talk about my retirement business afterwards. <laughs> After, that's right. After yeah. this break, we're getting into your retirement and, business. And, right. and there isn't a customer that I haven't done business with of any size. There's a number of little guys maybe I haven't. But it's not just a matter of knowing... Uh, uh, knowing the customers, and I have an extensive list of contacts, it's knowing how they do business because people will always change. So understand your customer and find out how your product fits with that customer in which category. 
If you understand that and you get to the right people, which is not hard to do, um, there was one major chain in the states uh, when I was when we were ready. And again, we can only tackle so much new large business at sure. a time because of capacity and and adding capacity. So I sent an email to the director of company brands at this major retailer. I said, oh, Jerry, how are you? I haven't heard from you for a while. Uh, things are fine. I'm sending you some information on what we do over here at Handy. He says, let me get back to you. I'm going to send it to my category managers. The next day I get an email from one of the category managers. Yeah, we'd be interested in this. Well, less than six months later, it was on their shelves. Outstanding. Outstanding. So you can do that, and anybody can do that. It doesn't take rocket science. It's, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. If you've That's got right. the right product, and the right contacts. <laughs> yep. With the right contacts. Hey, folks, it's time for a quick break. We're going to be right back because we're going to talk to Jerry about his retirement business that he wants to tell us about. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you love to travel? Now, that's a silly question, isn't it? Who doesn't love to travel? Join Lindsay T. Boyd, a.k.a. The Dreamweaver, for Travel Time. A professional travel agent, Lindsay will spotlight the world of travel, from maps and other travel tools to make your trips easier, to your rights as a passenger, to different aspects of travel, such as sports, faith, or experiential vacations. Travel Time with Lindsay T. Boyd, Dreamweaver, airs live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. If you would like more information about our program, send David an email to david at standuppouches.net. That's david at standuppouches.net. Now back to Ditch the Box. 
Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Ditch the Box, talking with my friend Jerry Chiswick, Vice President, General Manager of Handy Foods, and the founding partner of Amazing Grains. So, Jerry, one of the things you had told me from the time I met you was this innovative, new, crazy, radical thing that you've put together called Amazing Grains. And I know it's a combination of different items, such as millet and whole flax and even quinoa, but let's start from the beginning. The floor is yours. I know you're passionate about this. Tell us more about Amazing Grains. All right. I have a partner. Andrew Stewart is his name. He's a food technologist, been in the ingredient business, his father before him, and very knowledgeable. And I was working with him on developing some innovative products, uh, both for Handy Foods and trying to help a couple of other companies who need a little bit of a, you know, folks that I know in other businesses, food businesses. And, and we said, okay, we have... Two objectives. One was, can we, can we develop the healthiest thing on the planet? And the second was, can we do that for various age groups as well, meaning, you know, can, what can we do for the boomers, not just the whole market? Right. And then we, there was a third project, and I won't talk about the fourth and fifth because I'm, I may not get to that point. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so we, 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 we looked at what's, what do people really want. If I, if I said, if you were going to eat a food, uh, and no particular kind, that gave you the best of digestive, the best of nutrition, the cleanest thing, that had the vitamins and had the omegas and had, you name it, right? Uh, what would we put together? Now, we happen to be, again, more been, been more in the baking side of things, so started with that, but we really developed initially a breakfast cereal. And, and what it is is a combination of, and I'll give you the breakdown without giving you the details, it's uh, sprouted buckwheat, which is becoming in big vogue, and if you, see, if you read all of the food industry stuff, you'll see some recent oh, yeah. articles. Eastern Europe has been living on buckwheat for, for centuries, Correct. and it, it's actually a very, very healthy uh, product. And the sprouting is when it gives you the best digestive and the maximum nutrition. I'll be done. The, the millet is also one that a lot of people don't realize has quite a bit of nutritional values. But again, it's getting the mix of the various grains that are going to give you the nutritional values. The, the, you mentioned already the, the flax. Uh, color isn't as important, but, you know, the flax has its omega-3s and its values. Uh, we use salba chia. We don't use the black chia. And the reason we haven't used it, there's been a lot of research done on salba chia. It, it's, it's actually an American company that, that, that uh, um, grows this in South America, and it's controlled fields. Mm. And it tends to be a whitish color, and it's, it's nutritionally stable. Unlike if you buy a bag of chia and you see the big black seeds and the right. little white seeds, and yep. well, you're going to get variable nutrition values. And when you want to put something on a label, you want to make sure that it's going to deliver what you say. Sure. So we use that, and then um, <clears throat> Nutrifusion is a, a, a company. Uh, they have a product called Grand Fusion, and they've got a couple variations on it. There's a fruit-based, vegetable-based, and blends, but they have a patented process where they actually take uh, fruit and vegetables um, and dehydrate it, and it maintains the vitamin uh, 
content and self-encapsulates in as it's being dehydrated. Very interesting products, and we're we're going to customers now, and you know we tell them all about the rest of them, and then we say the vitamin part, and we say, well, what vitamin levels do you want to reach? And, and a lot of them are saying, geez, can you get me ten percent of the the RDI? And you're way beyond that. Well, it depends on the level that goes in and what the customer wants or what we right, we right. ourselves will market, you know, to the level that that to a higher level. But you don't want to go too high because you know you can overdose on certain vitamins. True, good. Having point. been in good pharmaceuticals, point. I wouldn't yeah. want to do that to anybody. Right, right, right. So, so we put in a balanced amount, and I would say ten percent is the norm. Ten percent of your total daily intake from natural right. sources. Got it. And uh, the whole thing as a cereal—it's uh, the—it's uh, <clears throat> the quinoa, uh, the chia, I should say—that that gelatinizes and. You can have it as a hot or cold cereal. Um, you can take that same mix, and we now have, and I haven't got an exact count, something like 50 manufacturers working on or launching with amazing grains in it. We've got uh, a number of retailers driving manufacturers, and again, I can't, I can't say anything because it would be, you know, conflict of interest to, to mention customers' names, but yep. some major retailers, both in Canada and in the United States, that, uh, that are going to be launching product with Amazing Grains. And we've now teamed up with, uh, <laughs> someone, uh, one of the past owners of Glutinos, uh, on doing, uh, the Amazing Grains brand cereal, and we got a major opportunity we're just finalizing now also in the u.s started in the u.s not in canada for one of the very large majors so we're excited about that if it happens um, well and, and again you're going to um you're licensing this this mix if you will this recipe or this 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 combination of products and then you're you're getting it over to these folks, and they can work it into their um, uh, cereal bars or breakfast cereal or uh, any number of mixes. I saw. So yep. is that kind of the idea behind that? Well, it, it, it's a, do, a double-edged thing. Um, again, if this is a retirement business, I don't want to live on an airplane. Right. <laughs> so, so what I what I tend to tell people: here's our mix. Take it and go make money. Yes. So Smart. I'll take my small amount on the sale of the mix and let everybody else take it to market. And what's exciting about it is the customers. We and this is a little bit different because I think what I'm doing is I'm not I'm not sure how many people are doing it. I don't know of anybody specifically, but we literally are taking it from farm to table. Yes, because really we are. talk right. to the growers and work with them. We talk to the manufacturers and work with them. We talk to the retailers and food service operators. Not too many of those yet. And uh, we're afraid to talk to the consumer too much right now because I don't know if we can handle it. Right, exactly. Too much, too fast. And let me ask you a question in the minute we've got left. So where do you see Amazing Grains in the next two to three years? Is that something that um, is going to blow onto the scene or something you're going to try to control before it gets out of hand? I think I'll, it, I might, get, I might get bought out by a major corporation before too long because there's about three very, if you said pick some of the top food companies in the world, Three of them are, are interested in toying with the product, and Fantastic. who knows where that's going to go. I've even got, uh, in China, 
uh, they're working on it for the Chinese military because they're eating a congee, which is rice, and yes. they're looking right. at can they improve the nutrition value. And for five million soldiers, it's not a small piece of business. Yeah, it is. Jerry, I want to thank you. I hope you'll come back and kind of update where you're at, where you're headed. Um, as I told our listeners at the beginning of the show, there is nothing you do half-baked, buddy. You go, you go all in, and I'm excited to hear not only about handy foods, but also about amazing grains. So I'd like to thank you once again for joining us. Thank you very much for joining us, Jerry, and thank you to our executive producers, and our producer, Jamie Berling. Until next time, remember, folks, it's your product. Package it properly. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Ditch the Box. We're live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please join David Marinak for another great show next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 